Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com and draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, let's just talk about the strangest team in basketball. The Chicago Bulls. No. So, what? The uh, Not the Chicago Bulls? We could talk about the Bulls for a second if you want. I'll talk about the Bulls. No, I just want everybody at home to drink, so we can move on from that real quick. All right, fair enough. The um, podcast today is on the L.A. Clippers, and I'm, I'm with you, Tyler. This is one of the strangest, like, lineups, narratives – situations franchises like i don't i'm not i don't hate them i don't love them i don't think they're terrible i don't think they're good i don't i don't know what to think about it tyler what, what, what's your take well it's just such a strange roster construction in the sense that they have like eight point guards and seven big men that they could all play and they all seem fairly interchangeable right like there's no superstar on this team they have tobias harris which i guess is the closest thing then they got like Lou Williams and Avery Bradley and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Milos Tudosic. Yeah, just... It's like 50 guys, and then like all don't really seem – there doesn't seem to be much clarity on this team. I guess I'll put it that way. No, not at all. Let's like maybe remind everybody that uh, Austin Rivers got traded to the Wizards. Uh, DeAndre Jordan signed with the Mavericks, so they're both off the team. Sam Deckard's on the Cavs. They did re-sign Avery Bradley and Montreal uh, Harrell. Montrez Harrell? Montrez, yes. Montrez Harrell. Too many, so there's too many consonants in that name. Um, I'm Harrell. already bad at the names. Like Montrez Lil Harold. Um, but they all they got Marcin Gortat back. They got picked up Mike Scott in free agency and Lou Mahabute. Pretty close. Uh, as a free agent. And as you mentioned, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Was drafted by this team. Well, um, and they drafted weird offseason. Right and Jerome Robinson, who's a person. Um, it is a weird, weird makeup. So I guess, like, as we always go to, what's the narrative? Like, what is the what's the fantasy narrative going into the Los Angeles Clippers season? So the narrative here is where can we find the value, right? This is one of those teams where there's a lot of guys and none of them are really standing out, right? A lot of them don't cost a ton to acquire. So where can we find some value that can pop? And last year we saw some of these guys like Lou Williams go crazy because they had a ton of injuries and those guys were getting big minutes. If they all stay healthy, I will – Subscribe this theory to you early, and we'll see what you think. If everybody on this roster stays healthy, is anyone other than Tobias Harris and Lou Williams must own in a standard league? Yes. If everyone on this roster can stay healthy the entire year, uh, I'd say Daniela Gallinari is worth owning. Right, and, and so let's well, we'll have to talk about Gallo in a while, but. Yeah. What are, what are like, the chances like, of that happening? 
Well, you gave me a stipulation. I gave I, you an I, answer. Well, I'm, uh, I'm with you, but like I, I was, I guess, thinking more about the backcourt, right? Like Patrick Beverly. Well, when, I, we we saw when he played big minutes for the Rockets, he was worth owning. But with Lou Williams and 900 other people playing minutes, like, is he going to be worth owning? Probably not. You know what I mean? Tadoshis probably not. Shea Gillis, Alexander, no. There's just not enough minutes to get. So. I mean, there's not enough time to go around with this weird, weird roster. And I also find it very funny that when you said, if everyone's healthy, what happens? Uh, who's like relevant in a standard league? And just assumed adage, everyone stays healthy, that Daniel Gennari would not be healthy. Because that well, is how injured he has been. Even with a guarantee, he's not, you can't even guarantee he's going to be healthy. And like, is he a great last round flyer? Sure, because of the upside, because he might play a month and a half or two months this year where he's like a top sixty player. Like is he even is he ever gonna be healthy enough? Like are the injuries like taking a toll on him or is even is he even a top sixty value if he's healthy? Well and, and okay, we'll look we'll go all the way back here to two thousand eleven. The games forty three, sure. seventy one. Didn't play at all because he tore his ACL. 59, 53, 63, and then a whopping 21 last year. Here's the other thing, too. I I think you talk about this a lot, right? That in 2011, when he was getting 16 points and two three-pointers and five rebounds and two and a half assists, that was a much better stat line then than it would be today. Yeah, he was incredible. Like That's why he has burned – so many owners and that's why he's not even getting drafted in leagues even like it's because he had all that potential and back in the day that was a crazy stat line and he 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 just got injured every single year and he screwed over every single person who ever drafted him in today's game like i think where you were going that's nico miritich yeah right nico miritich is better well, and Nico Mears and is healthier gonna, and is a top fifty player. He's going to give you a little more defensive stats too than Gal is going to give you. Like, yeah, I mean, and shoot Gallo, a little bit better. Yeah. So here's the thing I'll say about Gallo: if you want to take him as your last round pick, cool. And he actually, if he's healthy at the beginning of the season, might be a real good last round pick in this sense. If he can manage yeah. to stay healthy long enough to where the rookies start turning the corner you might be able to get a Gallo and name a rookie playing more minutes in the like December, January range, right? If Gallo can just last that long, you could get kind of a real good hybrid player there in, in a roster spot. I don't know though, man, he played 21 games last year. That's all I'll say. And that was, I I can see you're in a 13 team league. Um, I recently did an auction draft and we're actually going to put, the uh, results of that auction draft on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. So if you are a subscriber to our Patreon, you are going to have some exclusive uh, access to the results of a, uh, an expert auction draft, which are really hard to come by doing a, doing a mock auction draft is pretty much impossible. And uh, Daniela Ganari was a $1 pick at the end of the draft. And that's a, pr- I, I like that. I like, I like $1 player. 13th round, like, what do you got to lose there? You have nothing to to uh, but to gain in that position because 
like you said, he starts out the season. Maybe he's a top 75 player. Maybe you try to move him and you can't move him for anything. Or maybe he does become valuable enough. Someone goes, eh, screw it. Um, I don't know. Uh, Chris Dunn had a bad start. I'll just move him for Gallinari. I don't think anyone would do that. But what are the chances? There is a chance there. So an asset is an asset. And I think he is an asset. Therefore, why not throw a last round pick at him? You know why I love Danilo Gallinari? Do you do you know Mike? Because he's Italian. No. Do you know what his Twitter handle is? I do not. It is Gallinari with four eights after it. He's a man <laughs> close to my heart. Wow, that's a throwback to Watsy four 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 four, which does not exist <laughs> anymore. So don't even look for him. Let's stop <laughs> talking about the often injured Danilo Gallinari, and let's talk about. The two players you mentioned who are definitely relevant in standard leagues, Tobias Harris and Lou Williams. Um, let's start with Tobias Harris because you mentioned this to me before the show. Tobias Harris has one of the longest basketball references, and he's 26 years old? Yeah. It's crazy. He's been it's on 35 how, teams. It's crazy how much this guy has been moved, right? He's played for four yeah. different teams. Remember? He's been traded in the midseason three times. Do you remember when him and Mo Harkless went on Orlando and people were kind of like, that's that's kind of a nice young core there. Yeah, Orlando, man, they just couldn't, couldn't keep it together. idiots they? down there. Just they're, giving away everybody good. They're like, Tobias Harris is a nobody, and he was like 21 years old, and they got rid of him. They're idiots. Yeah, well, in the season that they got rid of him, he was coming off a year where he scored 17 points a game as a 22-year-old, and then they traded him to Detroit. Yeah. They aren't bright. But uh, Tobias Harris is the best player on this team, pretty much, in my opinion. Oh, Um, yeah. And Tobias Harris in the second half last year uh, was playing about 34 minutes a game, and he he was about 19, almost 19 points, Two threes, six rebounds, which is good. Rebounds are hard to come by. He's got his uh, assists up to three, which is is really nice in the second half. And about a steal and almost a block a game with okay shooting percentages. Like, he's a great, he's a fantastic Roto player. Um, And being the number one option on this team, especially with DeAndre Jordan kind of gone and not having to, like, kowtow to whatever DeAndre Jordan wanted to do because he was the veteran on this team. Like, Tobias Harris is weirdly the veteran and the star of this team. Unless oh, yeah. you want to count Lou Williams, like maybe we're overlooking Lou Williams. Maybe I'm not giving Lou Williams enough credit, but Tobias Harris is the guy. Yeah, I, I think so too. What's crazy is uh, I think his, his shooting percentage might go down a little bit from what we saw with his time with the Clippers. Um, not Probably not drastically, probably closer to 46, 46.5% as opposed to nearly 47.5% that he shot. Um, a little bit of that will be the DeAndre Jordan factor. Like DeAndre Jordan, say what you want about DeAndre Jordan. Jordan is real good at getting rebounds, so he gets the team's extra possessions. He's also one of the best screeners, so I mean that kind of just creates some extra open looks for a player. Um, it's also just a little bit higher than his career average, which that's really the main reason I think it's going to go down. The right question is, is he being picked too high? Because he is 38th ranked on ESPN, and he has a Yahoo ADP of 37.6. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's been ranked fairly high in a lot of um, a lot of drafts here. And <sighs> like, I just okay. I, I actually think Maybe. I think the pick is 
fair. I just don't see a lot of upside for him to be a lot better than that. No, that feels like uh, a achievable ceiling. Not his ceiling, but an achievable ceiling. Right? And so I, I just, and I'm not, I think that that's not a price I want to pay. Like in the past, you've been able to get him a little later. And we've talked about how he's kind of been a steal the last couple of years. I just think now that the the market caught on and now he's kind of just going where he should be going and that's fine, but it's not something I'm excited about drafting now. No, not at that, not at that place. Um, I think normally to buy, if, if you're, Sadly, the, 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 the major sites are kind of ruining his value because I think normally Tobias Harris is overlooked. And um, in Roto Leagues, I think actually his regular his, uh, ADP is, is probably fine because if you're going for nine cats across the board, the, those turnovers and percentages do matter. And I, just, I like Tobias Harris a lot in a Roto League. In a head-to-head league, his value maybe slips a little bit depending on your punt strategy. So his ADP is a little high in a head-to-head league. If you can get him after that, if you can start getting him in the, the fourth, fifth round, the uh, pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. He's just, his, he's just his, good. He's just yeah, good. his usage and his minutes are, are going nowhere. I'm they're, with you there. They're, they're definitely going to be as good as they were last year. Like he is, not the team. Um, the team was bad last year, so they might be as good as they were last year. Yeah, you, okay, you might be right about that. Uh, speaking of someone who I think is not going to be as good as they were last year, Lou Williams. Uh, he's the other name on this team that you uh, threw out there as being standardly relevant, and I actually would agree with that. But here's um, a little fool's gold on uh, Lou Williams. He finished the year per game at 44 totals in 79 games. He was the 20. Ninth ranked player in totals. Really impressive. A lot of people are going to look at that and go, damn, Lou Williams, where'd that come from? He was 31 last year. He's going to be 32 this year. And in the second half on totals, because he's still playing, 39 games, he was the 41st player, not 29th, the 41st. So he had such a good first half. It allowed him to be the 29th ranked player in totals. The second half, he trailed off. In the last three months, he was the 41st-ranked player. In the last two months, in his last 26 games, he was the 70th-ranked player per game. He was just – he was his, his percentages went down, and uh, he was like a not even a top 100 player towards the end of the year. So what Lou Williams am I getting going into this season? Well, you and I talked about this a lot last year. If, if people were listening, they probably remember that – he was shooting up way above his head, right? I mean, he ended the season at 43.5% from the field, and he had never really, uh, barring the year before when he shot 42.9, he never really shot anything close to that, right? Yeah, he was out of his mind for like two straight months. He was up to like 45, 46 there for a while, I think, and then he kind of, like you mentioned, he trailed off. Um, so what kept him going in the second half was there were so many injuries on this team that they had to run him out there. 32.8 minutes a game for the season. He had not been over 30 minutes in any year of his career. And this guy is a guy who's 32 years old now. Yeah. So, like, what are the odds he's getting better? Well, yeah, and what are the odds he's going to – like? I mean, he had settled into that 25 to 28-minute-a-night range – for basically his entire career. 
And then all of a sudden it was 32.8 last year. So, I mean, it was easy to miss on him from an analyst perspective because there's no way anyone could have saw him play in 32.8 minutes. Like it just wasn't in the realm of outcomes. So we mentioned the guard depth on this team. Like I would bet that he goes closer to 27, 28 this year than he does 32.8. Definitely. Um, I'm not, I'm not interested in owning Lou Williams unless I'm getting him near the end of my draft. Well, I, we, we, I just don't see how Lou Williams is. We were talking about that last year, right? Like he was a decent value at like 80, 90, a hundred where he was getting picked. Yeah. This year, 31 on ESPN, 55.8 on Yahoo. No, get out of here. Stop. Like, look at what he's done the last three years. That's uh, a much more accurate assessment of who he's going to be. Now, his per 36, not last season, but two seasons ago, was actually really, really nice. Like, he is a good fantasy player when he is going to play 34 minutes a game, um, 33 minutes a game like he did last year. Like, he's ownable in a standard league if he's played 33 minutes. But you, I mean, you just threw it out there. This roster, especially at the guard spot, has a ton of players. Like Avery Bradley is allegedly healthy. Pat Beverly is allegedly healthy. Is Tadosic ever going to play minutes? Is Gildress Alexander going to get the keys to the team? Like, where does Lou Williams fit in that other than a six-man, 28-a-minute guy? Well, and I think that's kind of his best role, too. Um, yeah. It's been two years in a row. If you remember, he got traded from the Lakers to the Rockets the year before, and he had an awesome first half with the Lakers, and then he stunk with Houston. So it's kind of been two years in a row where he started off real, real hot and then kind of trailed off. Um, I just think everyone's paying way too much for this guy. Like I am almost 100% positive I will not have him on any team this year. Yeah, people are definitely paying too much for him. Um, you know, I think if you can get him in the 80 range, it's, it's maybe worth – uh, picking him. It's just a guy who I feel like has no upside. Like his ceiling has, has been reached. So if you're paying market value for a guy whose ceiling has been reached, like that's not a discount. I want all my picks or all my uh, all my draft picks to be a, a discount for what I think personally is going to happen. So if I'm paying market value for a guy who I think is going to be good or better, that's a discount to me. Am I, if I'm getting a guy undervalued, well, that's obviously a discount to me. Uh, if I have to reach for a guy because I want him and I think he's going to be good, well, I'm making that decision, and maybe I'm paying full market price for him, but okay, I wasn't going to get him, so perfectly fine. And Lou Williams is none of those things to me. I'm with you there. All right, let's talk about the rest of this team. Uh, Patrick Beverly, 11 games last year, uh, did have some fantasy relevancy. His per-game minutes in uh, Houston – in 30 minutes, uh, mostly because of his steals uh, and his kind of across-the-board numbers, uh, put him in the top 60 per game in Houston. Uh, last year, he did um, similar things in his 11 games and was technically, per game, a top 80 player. Is Patrick Beverly worth drafting? Now that's a difficult question. And he was the player I thought you were going to bring up in the question I asked you at the beginning. Because in 30 minutes a game, he definitely is. Now, will he get that 30 minutes? That's that's difficult 
to say yes to, given the fact that they have all of these guys in the backcourt to play. Avery Bradley, Shea Gillis, Alexander. Like you got to think that they they drafted Gilgis Alexander high that they're going to want to play in minutes. So I mean, where's Beverly slot in? Mark has him projected for twenty two minutes a game. Like at twenty two minutes a game, he's the top two hundred player, but he's not a really a standard league player. Um, yeah, he's ranked one twenty on ESPN, and he's ranked one forty five point seven for as far as Yahoo ADP. So, I mean, he's available in that kind of flyer territory. We know he's going to give you good steals. Like even at twenty two minutes, he'll probably get you over a steal a game. I just don't. I don't see it really happening for Beverly this year. But it's something to keep an eye on during training camp. If Beverly's the starter on this team and he looks like he's going to play massive minutes, like if he looks like he's even going to get 28, 29, 30, um, I think he's worth picking in kind of that last couple rounds. Yeah, he's worth a flyer. I think I'd rather wait and see and pick him up off the waivers and just be like, oh, well, someone else took him in the last round, darn it. Like, because his, once again, his ceiling is he's a low scoring, does things across the board, good steals guy. And that's a nice thing to have. Like, that's like a borderline, like a poor, maybe not a poor man's Trevor Reza, but maybe a poor man's Trevor Reza. Um, and that's that's an all right, that's an all right player. But you know who else is not getting picked in drafts? Trevor Ariza. So well, I'd much I'd much rather swing with Trevor Ariza than Patrick Beverly. We we can talk about that. That we will mess. talk about that. That's another good. mess. That's that one's another one like we're talking about today, where there's a mess of wings on that team. I, I'd rather take my chances with uh, Trevor Reza than Patrick Beverly, uh, but there is a chance that Patrick Beverly is Stanley relevant, and you should pay attention to that. Yeah, and I think regardless, even if he's only playing 20 minutes or 22 minutes, he'd probably still streamable for the 1 to 1.2 steals he's going to give you and the 0.3 blocks. You know what I mean, like there's a there's a place for him regardless. I think in a standard league, as long as he's not playing 11 games like he did last year. Yep. So keep an eye on, on old Pat Bev. You know, if you want to take a swing because you you like that sort of thing or just fits your build, feel free. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Tyler. We have to do it. How bad is Avery Bradley? So it sucks, right? It's funny that. If you remember, like, 365 days ago, right, he was getting some hype as, like, oh, he might have a breakout year, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, he was on Detroit. I don't know if people even remember this. He was on Detroit, and he actually played well for Detroit. He started out well in Detroit, like he was scoring. But, like, we called this one. I'm going to give us – we always got to give ourselves credit. We always do. It never fails. Uh, and I think this was you, you – uh, one of the biggest reasons Avery Bradley had value was his high rebounds as a rebounding guard in Boston. And he went to Detroit where uh, Drummond is, sucks up every single rebound, both because he, he chases them and because he's really, really good at getting rebounds. And his rebounds, uh, Avery Bradley's rebounds dropped significantly. And they are not, they did not come back in LA. Yeah, With so DeAndre Jordan gone, is it potential those rebounds come back? Oh, I think so. I mean, who are we talking about starting to center on this team? You know, Harrell, maybe Gortat. I right? guess, like, yeah, that's the other that's the other situation we got to talk about. But I guess that links in with Avery Bradley. 
So you got a shared time between uh, Harold and Gortat. Bradley's probably going to get more rebounds. Well, and and we can say this: like Harold's not a great rebounder, and they don't have like an they don't have a great ancillary rebounder, right? Like you mentioned, it, like Tobias Harris might get five and a half or six. You know what I mean? Like none of the guards are going to get a ton. Gallo's like a three four rebound a game yeah, guy. Like maybe Tobias gonna... gets an extra rebound or so this year, so maybe that bumps his value up a little bit. Right. So I think there's definitely rebounds available on this team. Um, Avery Bradley could fill that role a little bit more. So he's ranked 145th in Mark's rankings. He's ranked 119 on ESPN. He's ranked 126 on Yahoo. So basically you can have him as a a flyer, right, in those last couple rounds. That feels too – those ranks feel too low. I don't like Avery Bradley, but those ranks feel too low. Well, okay, let's start here. How many minutes is Bradley going to play? Because he was in that – you know, oh, he played over 31 every season until he came to the Clippers, and then he played 27 and a half. Now, granted, it was only six games. Yeah, it's hard to say, like, oh, his Clippers career. Like, that's – we can't say that. But, like, last year he was playing, like, 30-some minutes because he was in Detroit. And, you know, um, I'm guessing he is in – he's under 30. So if he's under 30, then that rank's probably pretty fair, and I don't super want him. Um, if he can get to like 33, though, there could be some real good value in that. I mean, and we've seen him play 33 minutes in Boston. Yeah, um, I'm not wasting but, a pick on that. Well, and and I'll, we'll talk about this in, in in a future episode, right? That there's a few guys that I really really like as last round flyers, and Avery Bradley's just not one of them. Uh, one guy I've seen uh, people taking last round flyers on on this team is actually Montrez Harrell. Uh, a lot of people doing uh, the the math, the per 36 math, and being like, well, Montrez Harrell, if he plays like 34 minutes a game, bro, like he's going to average like 25 points and 10 rebounds and two blocks. And it's like, well, first off, your math is wrong. Uh, second off, Montrez Harrell's going to play – 22 minutes, 24 minutes at best. He's like, he played less than 20 minutes a game last year. Um, I think we, we both know what I'm going to say. So do I have to say it? Uh, you have to say it. So this is the typical big man with good per minute stats that in my opinion, I believe even if he got, 25 27 28 minutes that the numbers would not pop as big as everyone seems to think they'd pop yeah the per 36 is not a correlation to what is actually going to happen it's simply a calculation done with math yeah and it's and and his aren't even like crazy crazy like in per 36 he only averages 1.4 blocks which in, in today's game is really good right like we're talking about blocks going down a lot, but I mean, it's not like oh my god, one one steal, one point four block. Like the stat line is real good if you just read it out to yourself. But at the same time, like it's not top twenty. Like it's not, yeah, it's not this amazing line that like oh my god, I ever had. Everyone would have to own this, and he's never gonna play thirty six minutes. Like, like, is he like Paul Millsap? Is he like with with an extra bit of blocks? Is he like Enos? Cantor, no, he doesn't have the free throws for it. Like, I'm trying to find a comp here because, like, he can score. 
But his rebounds are going to be, even if he, let's, I'm just throwing it out there. If he played starters minutes, his rebounds are going to be under 10. His blocks are going to be, uh, you know, probably under one and a half. And he might score like 18 points. Like, that's weird. But like, is he Clint? But like, what he, should, is he like shitty Clint Capella? Like, I, I don't even know that he'd score 18 points. And, and here's why. I think right now, from at least from what I've seen, he kind of looks like an, uh, a Kenneth Reed type, like an energy big yeah. off the bench who, like, comes in and gets his. But, okay, that's easy to do in 17 minutes. In 30 minutes, it's hard to replicate that energy for that long. And, and put him up against starter talent, right? Yeah. So if you look at his totals, though, uh, for the second half, his totals, he was the 81st uh, ranked player in totals for the second half of the season. Playing how many minutes? Playing only, um, let's see, 20 minutes a game. Yeah, so we could say a lot about that maybe, but that's, this team was also very decimated by that point, and they were kind of playing backyard football because, right, they added all these guys in trade. They added Avery Bradley. They added Tobias Harris. They they didn't really have much time to mesh together. They had a bunch of injuries by that point. I mean, I just think it's dangerous to go off that in any way. We could also say this, though. How cooked is Marcin Gortat, right? Like, is he – what is he, he going to get? Yeah, because, yeah, like, look what he did. Like, Marcin Gortat, always underrated, and uh, a lot of people saw the writing on the wall. I think we did, too. Uh, last year with Marcin Gortat, just being like, this guy's kind of washed. You could see it in the second half of the season two years ago. And, um, you know, was that lack of playing time due to his uh, falling out with John Wall, or is he just washed? And, you know, I think who cares? Like, even if he's if he's going to play 28 minutes a game, I don't care. If Montrose Harold's going to play 28 minutes a game, that's not really worth a flyer to me in the last rounds. I think there's just better players. Pat Bev's probably the only flyer on this team I really like. Uh, people are taking flyers on Shea Gilders Alexander. Are you into that at all? No, definitely not in this sense that if you told me he's going to play 30 minutes a game, maybe. But, I mean, we just talked about it, right? Like, I think Bradley's going to play over him. I think, you know, they have Tadoshitz there who's going to play some off the bench. Like, he's going to be, especially early in the season, like a 15 to 20-minute-a-game guy. And so you're going to be holding that on your roster, not getting – very much production at all out of it. Here's the other thing about Gilgis Alexander too. Like he's a, a little bit of a Patrick Beverly type player. Like I don't think he's going to score a ton. He's just going to kind of give you a little bit across the board in like every category. So he doesn't have a super high ceiling to me that it's worth like, it's worth holding a guy like Doncic. Okay. Like this is not going to happen for him, but like it would be worth holding a guy like that playing 20 minutes because the potential when he got 30 minutes toward the end of the season might be worth it. I don't see that with Alexander because he just doesn't have that high of a ceiling. Like even in 30 minutes, he's going to be more of an accumulator than a standout producer. Yeah. I just, I don't like his fantasy potential. This team feels like everyone's reaching, right? Uh, I guess Daniela Gallinari is uh, is probably if I had to choose between Pat Bev and Daniela Gallinari uh, for my last pick, I'm taking Daniela Gallinari because I can drop him. I don't care, and he's like a top fifty, sixty upside. He's he completely a- healthy. And he's playing a lot of minutes, and if not, you could just dump him. But this this team feels like the uh, everyone looks at it, it's like oh nobody really knows anybody on this roster. 
and I'm going to take this guy because, like, he's going to get a bunch of minutes. And I'm like, I'm looking in between the cracks, man. I'm ahead of the game. And in reality, you're just going to get a shitty player who doesn't play a lot. And uh, you're not you're not really outsmarting anybody. It's going to be a timeshare, and the team's not going to be that good. And none of these guys are going to be terribly great. Um, I think people are trying to outwit people by taking flyers on some of these guys. And um, Other than maybe like Pat Bev and Daniello, I'm, I'm out. So here's a question for you. It is a league where two, exactly 200 players get drafted. Okay. But whether that be 10 teams or that be you just have a super deep doesn't, bench. It doesn't that, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So uh, would you? where would you even think about picking Gallinari? Like, would you take him in that top 120 range or would you want to wait on him? Because, okay, so here's the, the reality. He's going to get picked relatively around pick 130. Are you in? Kind of, strangely, I am because and of the upside and because having a guy with upside is so much more important in a deeper league. I think he like fits both in a, uh, as a last round flyer and as a mid round deep flyer because the risk is still there that he's only going to play like 30 some games. So I get why you're not taking him earlier. I kind of like him at that position in both types of leagues, which is really rare because that's not usually how that works. Well, and that's what, that's exactly what I was going to say too is, He's one of those guys where it's late enough that the upside makes it worth it. And even if you have to, like, even if he plays 20 games again, you're going to be like, well, I got 20 good games out of that player. And, I mean, you look at some of the other guys around in that range, right? It is like Patrick Beverly types, which, I mean, Patrick Beverly has some injury risk too. And so I think he's one of the very few guys that's ranked low enough that it's worth the flyer. Yeah, once you get past, like, that 90-100 range, there's hardly anybody left who has – like excessive upside, like maybe if Brooke Lopez falls, uh, I don't think he's, Brooke Lopez is falling that far, but uh, you know, there's a hand, like Jeremy Lin's always like hanging around and like maybe Jeremy Lin is a top 80 player and you can get him at like 130 or something like that. Uh, but he's got injury problems too. So I'm with you. I think the, the flyer is worth it with Daniello, even though he's burned everybody, he might as well burn you. If you haven't picked up Daniello and got pissed off because he was injured, like you, then you actually really haven't played fantasy basketball before uh, because it's literally happened to everyone. So if you have missed out on that experience, I encourage you to take Daniello Gallinari with your last pick. They, they, get, they hand out the pin. You have now been burned by Danilo Gallinari. You have you yeah. earned your stripes. Congratulations. Who's, he's the, <laughs> we got to uh, name uh, the, the, the Gallinari. Like that's got to be a long-term fantasy term. Like the guy who always burns you with injury. He's the Gallinari. He's, the, he's officially the Gallinari. That's it. It is official. Uh, I think that's it for the Clippers. Was there anybody else on this team you wanted to talk about, Tyler? Uh, no. Good, because I'm done talking about the Clippers. Uh, that's it for the Clippers, the 34 teams in 30, over 30 days segment. We're almost over. We're almost done. we got a handful of teams left. Uh, but we do have some exclusive content on Patreon.com slash Watching the Boxes. Go check that out. Subscribe if you want to check out the auction mock draft and the results from that draft. Uh, those are going to be very helpful if you are in an auction draft. Um, the podcast for that is very, very long, so uh, not really selling it, am I? But uh, if that's your thing and that's what you're into, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Tyler, where can people tweet at you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. And you can find me at watch the boxes. Guys, if you like us, rate, review us, send us a tweet, leave us some feedback. If you want to hear something on the way into the preseason, 
uh, let us know. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to be talking about auction versus uh, snake drafts. We're going to be talking about roto leagues versus head-to-head leagues. I'm going to tell you why I think the way I play is right over and over and over again before the season starts. So uh, get, get ready for that. Uh, but thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you guys listening, and have a good one.